Uh, all I'll say is that uh, I'm just not enamored. With drugs. With drugs. Yeah. Hey, this is Amrita and Andrew. We're writers on a podcast journey to find our way through freelance life. If you're thinking about taking the leap off the beaten path in any part of your life, our inexpert advice is don't think twice. Uh, how are you? I am okay. I am um, kind of homesick today. <laughs> For New York. Mm-hmm. Why? Is there something that prompted something? Did you see something? I was just looking at um, real estate. Like rentals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feeling sad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because rentals in New York are shitty. I know, but I was looking at all these like little windowless <laughs> yeah, kitchens just like, and just feeling just like, regret and not regret, just feeling longing. You ready to get back? And I was like, oh, I want to be in that kitchen looking into that like pigeon stained <laughs> air shaft. Take me back. Take me back. Yeah. I know, especially since it's warm there now and I things know. are opening up. I know. Signs of life. Yeah. 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 So, I understand. Um, I have taken to watching um, the 1981 show Cagney and Lacey, which is a female detective show based in New York, mm-hmm. to also feed my homesickness. <laughs> when did that show come out? 1981. 1981. Yeah. So it's a bad old days, <laughs> but it's a good show. Yeah. Is it a drama? It's, a, it it's a, yeah. So, this is the thing. Law and Order is like the most perfect procedural mm-hmm. made, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it's when you watch it, it's so it's so well done. It's like a good gymnastics routine. It's like, oh, that looks easy. They start with the case and they proceed. Cagney and Lacey is a great show, but um, it seems like they did little to no research about what how police how work. How police does. work mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. I've only watched like five episodes, but in like three of the episodes, I'm like, never would this stand in the court of law. They actually don't have any proof. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because it's a procedural in New York, they have to be out and about on the streets for half the episode. So you see, and they, their precinct is supposed to be the 14th Street precinct. So right around Union Square. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like all these outdoor shots of, of places you sort of recognize but have been completely changed. So that's a lot of fun. And then, of course, the, you know, it's 1981, so there's like a lot of hair situations. <laughs> hair, frosted, yeah. frosted makeup yeah. situations. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's also like wild to think that like a detective can be married, have a husband who's out of work and two kids, and they live in like Manhattan in a <laughs> two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's 1981. Yeah. Yeah, I miss New York today. Um, it is a beautiful day here, and I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be in our new house and our new neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I like it here a lot, but it's not um, 
it's not home. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I feel like a visitor, and I feel like a happy visitor, but it's, you know, that's what it is. So, I do have some questions for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, I, we left off last time talking about our film projects. Yes. And okay. we were thinking we were going to do, like, like four or five like yeah. short things. Yes. We shot one. Yes. Well, we shot two, but we, we shot an edited one. Yes. Um, so what, what did you learn from that exercise? Well, not having any experience on how to edit mm-hmm. means you, we had no experience on how to, like, pre-edit. No experience on how to, like, even go about, about it. So the process has been, like, really long and really... Like laborious. Laborious, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we have no technical facility with a program that's meant for <laughs> professionals. Yeah. And it's really hard when you're doing something like on a computer that requires technical facility to persevere when you want to do something mm-hmm. rather than just being like, oh, well, I didn't really need to do that thing maybe we could just do this other thing right well i think we're also so we're also so used to like operating with limitations yeah technical limitations and resource limitations that it's like oh if i can't immediately figure out how to like fade this thing the way i want it to do like oh i can settle for this other thing that is not what i wanted but it's close but the but the the um software that we have actually has like a huge capacity to do everything you just have to figure out how to like do it right so, I mean, definitely learning the editing was, was, was a learning curve, um, technically. And figuring out, like, how to actually direct it on the front end. I, mean, I think that's what you meant by editing on the front end. Yeah, yeah. Is, like, what do we actually want to capture? I mean, I don't know, though, because I think we did capture more than we needed knowingly. And a lot of it has come in handy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it has come in handy to, like, make something different than what we wrote. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. So, uh, I'm happy with what we ended up with and um and i'm also kind of just happy to like i'm perfectly happy to to like swerve onto a different project like yeah. i feel like it was it was a good it like served its purpose for us to figure out to figure out the process and mm-hmm. figure out the editing thing and also to figure out that maybe there are some things we don't want to learn or don't want to master i.e editing i.e editing but not just that but also like acting like we oh, shot ourselves. Yes. That no. was the other thing we shot, and like, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, we do have limited resources, and using ourselves as an actor, as actors in our own work, is like seems like a good way of like getting extra bang for our buck. But yeah. it turns out is like not worth it. Is- <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> we we did a lot of self shooting of of like kind of going through some of our own scenes. And, yeah, and. Uh, it's terrible. It was hard. It was really hard. Yeah. Um, so I think and the nothing le- and like it's to your point. Yeah. Nothing we want to get better at. Nothing I want to get oh, better no. at. No, 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 no. That's not in my future. The, the like, really? yeah, acting. But um, but I, I'm excited that we got the one thing done, and and I'm almost I'm done. I have a few changes. Okay, but I'm interested to like have other people see it and see like, you know, get some reactions. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think it was mostly a learning experience. It was a learning experience. Oh. Oh. 
the sickness that won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mystery illness. I've been sick for a week and a half, which is, I know, not that long. Mm-hmm. But uh, too long for me. And You're never sick. The thing is, mm-hmm. our bodies have like five ways of saying they're sick so (laughs) like you're saying it's too limited it's too limited Mm -hmm. i i think that we need to demand more of our bodies like how can you tell because everything's like oh do you have a fever do you have a sore throat do you have a headache are you like is your neck stiff or what it's like there's like five things yeah but what if like it was like oh does your right is your right eye change color and has your like <laughs> are you feeling tingling in your left right do you pinky? smell like ginger <laughs> like things like that I, I feel like the body could be more complex have more tricks yeah. to let you know yeah. yeah um no i'm really sorry you're sick and it stresses me out when you're sick too <laughs> why do you think i'm gonna die yeah. No, no. Why would you say that? <laughs> anyway, I would just anyway, say I'm, that to a person. I'm feeling that better. Like, it's just okay. been a weird trajectory of a of a sickness. So, I want to know. So we've sort of swerved away from doing like a five short film thing. Mm-hmm. What are you currently like? I know better than to ask you what are you most excited about, because um, you would not answer that question well. <laughs> I'm not offended because it's true. It's true. It's true. You're like, well, I'm not excited. I mean, I'm not excited. I mean, it's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. What I want to know. So, what? What do you most? What's most interests you about what we're working on right now? Of the projects we're working on, what's most interesting to me? Yeah. I am interested in finishing um, the new television project that we're working on because uh, I think it has a really good potential potential for what uh, for potential to be everything sold? we do potential to be made. potential to be sold I think um, okay I think it's sort of like a classic um, more of the same but different which is something you hear in like television land which is you know, like serving people of similar enough to something they know, but but a, mm-hmm. but a but a twist on something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited because of that, but I'm also excited because I think we've taken a different approach to putting it together, which mm-hmm. is spending a lot of time pre-writing and planning um, so many aspects of it before we started writing. So I'm excited to see if that is a, if that is the approach that that pays off I mean maybe you know that's an approach that 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 feels good yeah yeah Um, well because we've sort of got what we like return to inspired by like returning to some texts that are like sort of the classic like screenwriting texts and there's certain like almost like formulas of like how do you make a how do you make an a plot how do you make a b plot what scenes go in what order and um really returning to like basic basics yes um, around structuring it so it's almost like once we come up with what the plot is and what the characters are there's only so many options of like what happens in that next scene and um, and then it's just our job to like make it make that twist part of it as funny as and interesting as possible um, I was I was out yesterday for a um, 
like queer oysters and cocktails. Queer oysters. That's yeah, a funny I, know, thing I thought to that say. sounded weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were like no straight oysters straight allowed. Oysters, yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, did you have the oysters? I did have some oysters. Had some Gulf oysters. Um, some which queer I, Gulf oysters. Queer Gulf oysters, which are always described as being creamy, mm-hmm. which I think is like a weird, weird adjective. But anyway, be that as it may, it was nice. Met some people. Um, was of course like based with that thing where I was like what are you guys writing what are you guys writing about so um I I was like you know I was struggling a little bit because I was like oh well it's you know it's autobiographical the the, what we're working on I don't know how would you describe it how would you describe what we're working on um uh I think I would say it's a sitcom about uh platonic life partners who decide to have a family yeah, so I was like, I sort of just grasped for saying, oh, well, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, autobiographical. It's kind of something that we're writing with the intent of, of having a limited number of characters, a limited number of locations, um, almost writing towards the practicality of shooting portions of it. Um, but I am excited. I'm really excited about this pilot, too. And I think... Um, we have we have not really leaned too much on like write what you know mm-hmm. no. <laughs> in our work so far, uh, and so it's a really different experience like writing so close to home, um, and writing a character that's like based on myself mm-hmm. is really weird. It's really weird. Yeah, especially since characters are not interesting if they don't have flaws if they don't mm-hmm. have quirks mm-hmm. um and of course in in any when you dramatize anything those quirks and flaws seem to be elevated and magnetized mm-hmm. mag- magnified magnified yeah i guess they can be magnetized too. right um and yeah that, so it just means just, like leaning into the things about myself that are point that are sensitive points for me uh-huh. that I think are like flaw like my own character flaws and I think like I'm pretty good I'm too good at identifying my own character flaws but this is like okay let's actually just like fixate on your flaws and then make a big joke out of it and um and make yourself kind of the, not be afraid to make yourself the butt of the joke and and make your character remember that your character and you aren't the same and that your character can make a decision that you would never make yeah. or say something you would never make or be ignorant in a way that you feel like you never would be um, or just blatantly wrong in the way that you never would be yeah and not being too precious about it mm-hmm. so I think that's been kind of uh, kind of scary like like um, it's it, like it that I've I felt kind of like weirdly like emotional every time I go to write this write go into this script. It's comedy. <laughs> it's good comedy. But it is kind of liberating and fun too, because it's like here's this thing I would never say but I could pick but I but I would say like another version of me mm-hmm. would say that. So there's a little bit of wish fulfillment and a little bit of like oh my god, I have to like instead of like concealing this flaw about myself i have to display it even when we've written things that aren't everything else we've written has not been autobiographical and even then our main characters are the people that we get to last in terms of making them like really dynamic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we feel precious about them we want to protect them and be good to them and and we want them to be right Mm -hmm. essentially even if they're wrong we want them to be like consistently wrong and like 
too consistent in every way and so we have all these side characters that are like really kooky and dynamic right 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 in whatever ways they are and then we have to come back to like the, the central character so it's like not only writing autobiographically but it's also writing in a different way where you're like in real time as you're writing trying to make the characters the main characters as dynamic and interesting as all of our other characters yeah yeah are yeah and again doubly doubly hard when those main characters are like yourself yeah yeah or a version <laughs> you know it's, it's well yeah it's i mean not they're, us. They're, they're not us they're not us they're it's it's us but not us well i should ask you of, mm-hmm. the, of the things you're working on what is most exciting for you um well, so we're basically the two main things that we're working on right now is this pilot that's, as we were saying, is a sitcom with a twist, um, sort of based on some, some of our real life. And then um, a podcast pitch mm-hmm. that um, also hopefully will be recorded. Uh, it's going to involve some musical elements and um, also has some autobiographical elements for just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with a sort of oblique answer on what, what I'm most excited about, which is that I'm kind of excited about the fact that we, both of these are being made like with, with like the intention to sell, like in mind, mm-hmm. or the intention to pitch in mind in a way that's like not at all compromising our creative process with it like because i think maybe maybe common advice would say that like you oh don't worry about how you're going to sell it or don't worry how you know what's going to happen at the end and don't let that affect like you know because you don't want it to make you less creative or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. writing towards what someone else might want to read and i think we are succeeding in doing both of those things it's like we're we're staying very like true to our voice in both of these but but kind of knowing somewhere in the back of our minds that like these this is this is designed to sell and um so we're gonna we're gonna fully and i think that part of that is trusting that our voice is like good enough to sell and Mm. like appealing enough to sell and we don't have to like cater to what someone wants to read because we know it's going to be good so um so that's kind of been my favorite part of this is like i think that that's something i've shied away from in the past is like thinking about the sales aspect uh so yeah so that's kind of what i'm most excited about strange answer maybe uh no like so what made you want i feel like you were sort of the instigator of like what of going back to like the the screenwriting basics thing Mm -hmm. like what made you want to do that you just like thought of it one day what made me want to revisit you went you went to a bookstore you bought like physical books physical books um i was getting to a point in what we were doing where i was craving more i felt like i needed to stop and back up and like put what I was doing in a structure that I couldn't that I had to discipline myself not to rebel against Mm -hmm. to then see what what would happen Mm -hmm. um so that's that was the impetus and and I thought well let's go back to these like fundamental texts that tell you this goes here this happens here these are the questions you know and 
I they you know sometimes structure you know is all is what you need. There's there's like famous quotes all around about creative people about like you know when you when you have, when you there's no limitation you have no structure you have mm-hmm. no uh, what are the words I'm trying to say yeah there's no framework or like put on on top foundation. of your work then yeah. it's like you can just like spool out forever yeah um, but whether it's budget or length or or genre or whatever um, when there's limitations and you can think within those limitations and how you say the things that you're say that you want to say with a convention that people recognize mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and there's nothing wrong with like the thing that people recognize like especially i think in and to remember that like there are things that i recognize that i'm like, yeah. oh this is this thing it's comfortable and not I know only is it, it comfortable but like there has to be some element that's like like we're humans who operate at a certain speed in a certain way and whether it's culturally we understand how stories are structured or we're just like human beings who, who like process things over a certain period of time in a certain way mm-hmm. to like abandon all of that when I can just like pick up a book and be like <laughs> okay yeah. this is a tried and true thing yeah let's follow it yeah if at any point it's not working for the thing we're trying to do fine yeah well, I think, yeah. <laughs> or challenge yourself to try to make it work. <laughs> Which is what we've been doing, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Like, I, I think especially as, as writers, like, we're right now, you know, we don't have the um, discipline of sort of like a, you know, a boss telling us what to do or like the jobs or whatever. So the structure is good for us too. But I think, I think that's also what people want to be watching right now. Something where you recognize enough, like it's enough, it's comfortable enough, like Mm -hmm. that you either recognize the pacing or the format or the, um, whatever. Um, that's what, that's what I want to be watching. It's not as like, yeah, I mean, stories are, stories function the same way they always have. And, you know, like, everything's already been said. So it's not like someone's going to come up with a new thing that's never been heard mm-hmm. when you boil it down. But the thing that you can do is tell a story in a, in a time and in a place that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. You can tell a story that's been told a thousand times, but it hasn't been told in, in the world that you're mm-hmm. telling it. It's kind of like choose the part that you want to be subversive. Yeah. And I think we've made that choice in in our characters and their relationship to each other, but I don't feel the need to be subversive in terms of the setting or the um, or the format or the structure. And, right. Um, right. So it's kind of like pick which part right. is going to be the the part where you deliver something. And weird. then on the marketing side, pitch only that part. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you just like, oh, it's a light comedy, and I and I think don't like don't say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like say the thing that is like the core twist. Like just say the core twist, mm-hmm. the thing that's going to hook somebody, and then they can read it and maybe realize if they were television writers or agents or managers or whatever that it is in the conventional structure. Right. As we were talking about a little bit earlier, things are starting to reopen. Things are very much like feel, feel feeling open here, um, starting to reopen in New York. We've gotten some buzzing about like 
like potential like jobs for mm-hmm. live events and things like that. And I sort of half know the answer to this question, but I want to <laughs> ask you anyway. How do you feel about returning to live event producing, which has been the core of, of like the bulk of what we've done on a day-to-day basis, professionally, also creatively? Um, you do know my answer to this, but I'll say I have no interest in returning to what we were doing. Um, the if if there is a reality that means that you know in order to pay bills or whatever that happens, I'm not going to be angry about it. But you know it's. It's not something that was ever, either of us ever saw as a long-term part of our career. Mm-hmm. And in truth, we kind a of stumbled into a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's not quite right, but we were confident enough to be <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't, think, I don't think that's fair <laughs> at all, but I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, the idea of like after and everything that's gone on And what you're saying, what you're saying it, though is about like producing for clients. Yes. Um, and being paid to, to execute yes. someone else's events. Yes. And I, and I think one thing that's important about what you just said is that the idea of like returning to where we were. And because we keep hearing so much about like now that we're sort of moving towards the at least the American end of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um about like returning to normal return we don't really have the right words for it it's like oh things are like going back to normal and what parts do we want to go back to normal and what parts do we not want to have go back to normal and uh and you know you said something that like really painted a really (laughs) vivid picture for me which was that you're like well if we end up at the end of this year like in the exact same place as we were in february 2020 i'm gonna be sad yeah that's what you said and i was like oh yeah no I would be sad too like no that would make me actually make me sad like I think I think like oh because I'm like because things were going really well relative to that time Mm -hmm. that it's like there's some temptation for me to be like oh I want to go back to that but I actually don't want to go back to that because time has passed yeah it's been you know over a year it's going to be it's going to be at the end of this year it'll be like two years later that we're going to be back in that same Place. In the same place. Like, I wouldn't, I don't think there's ever been a time where I wanted to be exactly where I was two years ago. Uh, right, right. It's regression, it's treading water, it's like, you know, stasis. it's stasis. And that's not good. <laughs> so, so like, I, um, I was initially kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 let's do these jobs. <laughs> and, and I'm not like against it in, you know, like you said, for pr- its practical considerations, but I think you really make a good point that if I think about where do I want to be at the end of this year, I don't want to be back in this, in my same shoes from mm. February, 2020. That's about clients. What do you feel about like making live events creatively? Like mm-hmm. we've, you know, produced our own shows and right, that's right, been really right. fun. And um, I think those will always be fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think live shows, live theater, live people being in the spaces together there's no there's no replacement for it. There's no it really replacement isn't. for it, and so many people do their do their art in that medium, mm-hmm. you know, and don't do it online and don't do it, and, and it just doesn't translate. It's not the same, yeah. 
Um, and also live events are the only place that you can create like a full experience for people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they can't choose to like pause you and go to the restroom right. or like, or they are there in their living They're in room, the room that smells the way it yeah, does yeah. and so it's lit the way it, it is. It looks the way we things. want it to. They we get to control every aspect right. of their experience. Um, so so producing our own stuff, but but none of that was ever for money. No. And so no. Um, yeah, I could see doing that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see uh, more so like. Um, stepping more into performance being unafraid to like be at the um center stage of the thing right right um so yeah and i think and i think like at first i was i was thinking that like people are going to be like oh people are gonna be like reluctant to get back you know to watching things live and you know being in (laughs) rooms with other people but um but i think like based on what we've seen so far and what I've felt personally so far that I couldn't be more excited to be in a crowded room with a bunch of other people. Yeah, like, I mean, I know that there's see. like some trepidation about that from people, but like, but you I'm like, Oh, this I'm, I'll say <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I understand some like, fear, we're but just that like 50% vaccination or just over, um, you know, so there is, we're still, we're still doing the thing. We're still, yeah, vaccinating we're still people. in it. Yeah. Um, I have a little less patience sometimes than I should of the, the because I'm because I'm insensitive. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> to to the uh, to the um You're not insensitive. Yeah, I mean you're not insensitive but you are uh, <laughs> unfailingly practical. <laughs> well, so. also I like people need to check themselves in that like the world is a dangerous place. Mhm. You will not be able to protect yourself from everything. Wait, but that we've never been able to protect ourselves from but everything. For some reason, this because because of the fear has been so complete with COVID. Mm-hmm. It's like people are like, well, I need to protect myself from it. It's like yes, we need to protect each other from it. I'm not. I'm not saying something different. Of course, yeah, of course. <sighs> okay, so this is like a little bit related to the things reopening and and all this, but what. And like how how what we're doing might change, but like what um, what what are your fears like as a creative person, like as an artist or what we're doing? Like, what are your fears about the future? Oh gosh, I've sort of put those for everything that's terrible about the world we're in right now, and there's a lot. Uh, it's also allowed me to put down like a, a future that's far ahead, full of like fears, mm-hmm. and truthfully full of like anything to be excited about. I mean, you mean it's allowed you to, or it's it's caused you to put that aside. It's caused me to put it aside, so okay. I don't. So I, I. You're have thinking less about the less future. Less fears about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I think about it, I also have like less. <laughs> plans yeah I'm not gonna say I'm not like less excitement for the future mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but less specific expectations for it I think that's a better way to say it expectations just fewer expectations good or bad yeah um, like I hope that things are, are gonna turn out well 
but then when I start going down the road, it's like, look, I just need to wake up tomorrow and like do the thing that I said I was going to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And battle whatever feelings happen that day. Mm -hmm. Because every day it's like, why, you know, as much as you, and I agree, like where we are right now is really beautiful and very, very fortunate. But there's still days when it's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what is, what is yeah. life? Yeah. Like, you know, where yeah. are the people I know? Where's like my, my home? Mm-hmm. You know, we, like I haven't had a place, a home. I haven't sat on my own couch since. I know. My God. August. August 31st. So. No, I feel you. I feel you <laughs> on all those things. And um, I think that's. It's a, it's an interesting answer from you, particularly, but um, yeah, because that's not usually how it's I not am. usually how you are. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but I, I get that, and I was just talking to a friend about um, about the idea of roots, and if you're not rooted to a place physically to a place, then what what roots you? Does that mean you're uprooted? Does that mean you don't have a base? Mm-hmm. Um, and are there like what kind of intangible things can keep you rooted even if you're you know in new orleans for five months or you're on the road or you're constantly traveling i think you know you 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 use the phrase sometimes like um like your north star or something like that Mm -hmm. or your true north and it's sort of the same thing it's like what kind of what what forms the basis of like a feeling of home or feeling of being like what can you grow out of what's foundation that you grow out of if you're not like Mm -hmm physically in a place yeah. so I don't have any, I don't have an answer to that question no I, I was I was really I was setting up a beautiful up I was setting something. up a beautiful well no I think I think you know part of it is is just you like a it can be like a creative philosophy or it can be um, or it can just be the, the act of committing every day to creating something um, yeah or whatever rituals you create day to day that you repeat every single day you know you repeat the same four things when you get out of bed in the morning and Mm -hmm. the four same four things right before you get into bed and um you know like for some people that could be like a spiritual practice or it could be like you know what that type of thing um but i think for me the thing that's made me feel rooted while i've I've been here is kind of is like trying to be consistent about creative practice Mm -hmm. and that's been that's been sort of the spiritual practice has been like um, how often can I like do deep work? Like I'm spending like very concentrated right, right. few hours and, uh, and it hasn't happened every day <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I know that when it does, like when it does happen, I feel like, okay, I, I feel, I feel rooted. <laughs> I feel yeah. comfortable. I feel yeah, yeah. secure. Um, so yeah, and when I don't, then too. it's like my, I feel like my head's floating away. <laughs> yeah. That's my goal too. It's like a few hours of really deep, deep. Not like not crossing things off the list. Work. No. Because that makes me feel. Uh, that makes me feel like a sense of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I I was productive today. Right. I got things done today. I crossed things off the list today. I got back to that person. I did this little editing job. I emailed this person. Yeah. I whatever, and that will give me a sense of temporary satisfaction, but it doesn't give me a sense of. Fulfillment. Yeah, being rooted. So. Yeah, like the, the day was well Pur- purposed. Lived. Yeah, purposefully driven or something. I don't know. 
because it's like I want to steer away from saying things like productive because what is product pr- productive is like a right right this is capitalist term of, of like what was eked out of me convincing <laughs> us all that we need to take the jobs and do the things yeah and yeah it's not it's not about productivity it's about um yeah it's about like purpose or, or meaning or something mm-hmm. I don't know. yeah that feeling <laughs> at the end of the day that like that you like had a day that was meaningful yeah and i think you know i think a lot of people whether they're doing creative pursuits or not like we've talked about this recently a lot of our friends are really going through this thing now mm-hmm. of of again now things are maybe returning more to normal maybe workplaces are starting to ask you to come back in in person and all these things and then a lot of our friends like a lot of our friends mm-hmm. are like no mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want to do that anymore if you make me come back to the office i quit yeah if you like i don't want to i don't care about this this thing that i've been working for 15 years for my career is meaningless and i i don't give a fuck like (laughs) like, and i think it's that's really been interesting to witness in other people is like other people's awakening to like what is the thing that makes them feel like they had a purpose driven a meaningful day Mm -hmm. or meaningful week or whatever interested i'm interested to see like what um what happens in the next few years in relation to that mm-hmm. because i think our generation is is like the the last of the mohicans the last <laughs> of the the you know those people who like i think we've been start. struggling towards figuring this out like right. towards this idea of like hustling like hustle to do the thing that you love like yeah. hustle whatever and then it, then now it's like well fuck the hustle too like right <laughs> Right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you, no, no, it's, it's fine. It's like there and there's a generation below us who I just can't imagine can even at this point like fathom going through the motions the way that we did mm-hmm. and like being spit out into a work world where they're asked to like make no money to do a thing that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We've all had to come to Jesus about like you know what matters. You're like working in the marketing department <laughs> at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. You're you're selling like a foot scrubber to someone who doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people need it. But <laughs> <laughs> point being, <laughs> I'm not looking at you. <laughs> but I mean, I I am looking at you because yeah, yeah, we're no, situated no. across the table. Yeah, no, I know. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, hey, <laughs> I can't stop thinking about my feet. Um, no, I, I, I Just agree. like when I say well, cables. Ta- well, you were talking, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pavlovian. It, I ask any woman, you say kegels, you're just immediately clenching, no matter what, what's going on. Um, no, I think you were, ta- you were telling me that your mom had this, had this experience recently where like a bunch of her like employees yeah. or colleagues were quitting not to do anything. She's had people leave her firm. None of them left for more money. Yeah, they, they left, left for, for less different time, balance. less money, different different priorities. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's far as a, she's a small business owner, but mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of small business owners. I mean, big business owners, whatever. A lot of people are seeing that now. I mean, that, yeah. that it's like, oh, this doesn't actually serve me, even though it like is a steady job, a stable job, makes me money. Maybe in traditional sense, it's like this is a good job. Yeah, and it's like. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I just see more and more people asking the question, like, 
how much money do I need to live versus mm -hmm. like how little money can I make and still be okay? Um, oh, yeah, well, uh, and on that, I don't know how much we want to talk about cryptocurrency, but we were recently um, convinced into getting into that because everything's meaningless. Everything is meaningless. So how, how is that any less meaningful, meaningless than <laughs> anything else? So... We are small-time investors. Small-time in investors. Emphasis is, on small-time. Yeah, so mm -hmm. if we lose it all, it didn't. It's fine. Yeah. It's basically the avocado toast of our um, right. 2021. Right. But I will say conceptually, <laughs> philosophically, it is like a really interesting world. Um, it is. I think at its most idealistic, it's a very like build a better world kind of thing, new world order, like in a good way. Um and of course, like any like anything, uh, there's a very irritating element about it too. Right. My prediction mm -hmm. in the short term for cryptocurrency is that, well, first of all, things we already know, there are large financial institutions who are invested, who are deeply invested, not only deeply invested, but are starting to, to manage cryptocurrencies for their clients. Mm -hmm. We're talking Goldman Sachs of the world. Um, and actually Goldman Sachs came out this week and said something about how exciting like it is. It's very rare to have a new asset class, mm -hmm. which is what cryptocurrency is described as. I think in the short term, all these capitalists will realize that they have squeezed everything they can squeeze from every other asset class. <laughs> And that They're they need have to find no new frontiers. option yeah. but to run a public relations campaign mm -hmm. and to convince everybody that cryptocurrency is is a, a valuable asset, mm -hmm. um, which people already are convinced of. But to some extent, but to I'm some saying extent. the 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 powers that be, the powers that hold all the money, mm -hmm. are. Well, I I read something that the Fed is is started a commission on. US, um, like a U.S. Cryptocurrency. issued cryptocurrency. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I think that's all the evidence you need. <laughs> so, when the when the government is looking into it, which is a little confusing to me. I mean, cryptocurrency is, in my mind, very complicated. Yeah, I couldn't explain it really to you, um, but by nature is decentralized. Right. So, I don't know what that commission finding would be, around yeah. like a. Nation, national, international. Yeah, <laughs> but anyhow. So I don't know. I don't but know. then we'll one see. day, this is my question, mm -hmm. and I'm sure people who actually know what they're talking about would be like, maybe think this is a dumb question. But I use my <laughs> dollars to buy yes. cryptocurrency. Yes. And I can look at how much my cryptocurrency is worth in dollars. Yes. Will there become a day? where the two are so unrelated that I can't cash out my cryptocurrency for this, a currency. This is, I don't think this is a dumb question at all. I don't think this is a dumb question at all because now we can only understand anything that we do financially. Yes. We can only understand in terms of dollars because that is our, that is our lingua yes. franca, basically. So think about this. If the dollar becomes <laughs> obsolete... <laughs> Then how do we even know what this is worth? Or maybe it's like, what are my dollars worth in crypt in Bitcoin? Is right. is a more useful uh, way to think about it, or whatever? You know, I don't know. I, 
personally, I don't think that's a dumb question. I think that's a really interesting question because we now can only translate it in terms of dollars because that's our basis. But if cryptocurrency is an international currency system, mm-hmm. then it would only stand a reason that eventually all nationally based currencies would be rendered obsolete. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, the deeper you go on crypto YouTube, the sure more you will find on this topic. So uh, if you want to see some loons yeah. oh, uh, positing some things, I know you know. <laughs> it's real. for you yeah pivoting away from cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. um okay so one thing i wanted to ask you is how do you think that our relationship has changed personally creatively since we've come to new orleans or since the pandemic or you can answer that however you'd like uh, I think our relationship is, it, it has most definitely changed. Um, I'll say it this way. Sometimes I remember that we have a certain kind of relationship, but that we are two independent people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. It's living together and working together, especially in locations where we don't have other people around and support systems or whatever. So we're like building new relationships and friendships, you know, as is like duo. And yes, we go off on our own, um, but it just creates like an entirely different dynamic. Yeah. And then on top of that, taking care of all of the day-to-day things like the grocery store shopping and the, mm-hmm. and the decision about where we're, oh, do you, do you want to stay at this place? This rental this property rental versus or this rental property. or I'll take care of this and you take care of that. Right. It feels like very like familial and like it's like in a very like, like a part like a traditional partnership yeah. sort of like, <laughs> like a housekeeping yeah. partnership. Yeah. Um, so... Um, and I think in the uh, like it's it's really valuable time to have spent together like li- like living so intimately together, mm-hmm. um, especially in thinking about the future and if ever you know other people involved, family like children, spouses, whatever. spouses. Yeah, yeah, it's like really. Um, probably unique time in in the world in our lives to like get to know each other and and have these like dynamics at play Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we've gotten to know you know we knew each other really well. It's not like we yeah, know that, each that's, other it's, more. Yeah, what's interesting is about it is that we've we've all we've already like before this had a very close relationship and yeah. had. Um, but like it, it, our relationship definitely has like deepened. It, yeah. 
but it's definitely there's a there's a different type of like day-to-day intimacy and and yes i think a big part of like being somewhere where we don't we don't ha- we don't actually know anybody like we didn't previously know anybody in new orleans right. we've met some people here we're making friends like you know but uh but we are sort of navigating that as like a duo like not a couple but yeah. a duo and yeah. like um i've never had that dynamic before um so i mean i, I think for the for the most part like it's, it's really been such a blessing for me to feel like we're making decisions together and we're mm-hmm. you know and it's like what are we doing but but yeah we are we are distinct and and i'm curious to know like i, I mean not in a bad way i'm excited to like how this is gonna like how will our dynamic continue to evolve like once we are in a place that's like more like we're back in new york yeah. i hope you know yeah. soon um by the end of this year <laughs> let's say <laughs> let's put it out there yeah. um and you know you know in an ideal world we're again like have our own places living spaces and um and how this sort of like this incredible period of like very concentrated intimacy yeah creative intimacy and like you know like you said like lifestyle just like day-to-day shit intimacy like how that's going to also change and evolve Mm -hmm. um just interesting because like yeah it was it's a un maybe a sort of unplanned for aspect of like us deciding to go on the road from new york yeah together it's a really interesting <laughs> dynamic too in that we are a duo and we're not a couple and so like you so it's like we are in each other's lives for the rest of our lives so mm-hmm. unlike a roommate situation come and go yeah, yeah. so it forces us to have and it forces me internally and I'm sure you as well to like constantly be which ideally this would be happening in any relationship I would imagine like (laughs) constantly like what is what is fair to ask of another person Mm -hmm. what is not fair to or like well what are the I I mean I think that's a really yes I think uh if you've been thinking about that every day you've been doing a lot better than I have like I've run roughshod over some like sort of friendship boundaries I think you know and um, um, well I haven't felt that okay well good but you know but I think but partially that's just because of the nature of like us being alone together even in it yes <laughs> and it plays out in even little ways like you know when I ha- had you know roommates I never felt compelled to have to tell like tell them where I was going mm-hmm. if I left the house but it is something I think about if I leave the house and you're here mm-hmm. like oh shit and like and then that's a small example. Yeah, yeah. But it does bring up this, like, well, like, if it was a roommate, I, w- I would just I'd see right. you later. But if it was someone, like, I was a partner with, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. And, like, so that's, like, where, like. What's the line there? Yeah. Like, is there any obligation? Like, and personally for me, there's not, like, it, like. It's not an obligation. You should feel like come and go. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to know where you're going or that you've left even. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know. Um, although that's probably true of my partnerships too I don't really <laughs> <laughs> need to come and go as I want yeah, that's probably, probably true because partially I need to come and go yeah. that's like kind of an important thing mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. 
is to be able to feel like I can come and go and not. Mm-hmm. I know. I and I and overall, I think it's been a really beautiful thing. And um, like I said, I I have felt like big feelings about yeah. how grateful I am that we're like partnered yeah. in life right now. And yeah, it's good. <laughs> and I think as long as we can just always be able to say like to have conversations like this, mm-hmm. you know. What? And again, like it's more liberating to be able to do the like I don't know. I feel like I it's that sometimes it's a harder thing to do when you're also romantically entangled with somebody. Yes. <laughs> and we we are. Well, I don't understand how that happens. I don't understand how people maintain romantic relationships in this modern era. Uh oh well, you're looking at the wrong person if you're asking me to explain it. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. You're expected to like have everything work out all the logistics that we do on a day to day basis and then be in the same bed all night together at night away from me you know right yeah it's a lot it's a lot yeah no um do you think like it's changed the way we uh work together creatively i think um probably uh, like like working together creatively for me is the hardest part um, in conjunction with living together mm-hmm. it's the hardest part for me because we have different like rhythms and cycles for working and um, so that that makes it hard and I'm a person who's very sensitive to like yeah. Noises and yeah. movements and comings and goings and just I'm like I'm the kid who like if like someone's taking a test, if I'm taking a test and someone's like has the sniffles, like I can't. I mm-hmm. I'm rendered a <laughs> 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 specific um a specific read because like it's like when I forget to take my allergy meds, it's literally <laughs> it's you're like um, could you not breathe <laughs> yeah. so loud? Yeah. I'm like, Oh wow, okay. And also it's really funny because like New Orleans in general is like a like there aren't that many places where there's like rooms with doors. Like we happen no. to be in a we happen to be in a house right now that has bedrooms that have doors, but like I mean, that are like distinct yeah. from one another, but there's so many shotguns here as yes. we like open things that for the breeze. For the breeze that like that I I get what you're saying. Like I'm less sensitive to comings and goings and I feel more more comfortable with that. But like but yeah, sometimes you just want to like be in a room with a door, and like close it, and then just be like working. Yeah. And uh, that can be, that can be hard to achieve. <laughs> yeah. In a in a house that's like this, where you can see from the front door to the back yeah. door. Yeah. So that that that's like a that's a, just like a logistical challenge yeah, a logistical more than anything challenge. else. Yeah. But another challenge with our creative work and partnership is that like, and this. This is, this is a bad quality. Okay. <laughs> when Forget I all. ask a question, mm-hmm. and then don't immediately get like a decisive response. Oh my god! Yes, actually, this bugs me a lot. It's it's that's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm like, come on, mm-hmm. answer the mm-hmm. question. Yeah, and then I get more <laughs> flustered, and then it's gonna take even longer for you to get your damn answer. So. There you have but it. See, like in the, in the but actually, like those qualities, like of us thinking differently and approaching something differently, are like what makes it a strong creative partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Okay. 
that, that one does happen to be a you problem, but I have plenty of my own. Um, <laughs> um, okay, last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we are, we signed a summer lease. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, unless something pulls us away, we keep saying that. Yes. We're, unless something better pulls us away, which we are open mm-hmm. and happy to. Yeah. Send all send contracts dated to. <laughs> yeah. um, send us an offer. Um, unless something pulls us away, we are here until September, mid-September. Yes. So my question is, <clears throat> what? I know that our goal is to we're going to finish this pilot, and you know, if we if we are in a place where we can shoot something, that's great too, and that's done. So we have our creative goals. What aside from like finishing that pilot, is like would you like to have happen in New Orleans? Like, what do you want to get out of your time in New Orleans for the next three months? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I haven't even considered. I know we were just, we just talked about taking everything day by day and waking Uh, up and, you know, doing with whatever, like, feelings you have that day. Whatever. I know. I know. But what would you like to do to see, to have happen, to, like, meet? Um, I, you know, it's going to, it's like going to be so hot here Mm -hmm. this summer. We keep hearing um, it. We keep hearing it. And doesn't phase that. That's I'm sure it's going to phase me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'll not, be phased. I'm I'll not, be phased at worried, a certain but, point. But yeah. like you know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll I'm we'll a survive. quality thing. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> what I'd want to happen is to have a, a summer in New Orleans that was full of swimming pools yes. and. Drinks by the swimming pools <laughs> with our friends uh-huh. and our ever-expanding circle of, of friends, mm-hmm. which we've talked about on here. It's, it is sort of nice to be able to make friends mm-hmm. sort of easily here. Easily here, yeah. So it's a small um, town. It's a small town, so it's, it is easy to, to make friends that way. So yeah, um, I love the p- picture you're painting. Summer in New Orleans of swimming pools. Mm-hmm. Drinks by said swimming pools. Yeah, yeah. Handsome men at the swimming pool. Yeah. Um, and some women at the swimming pool. And some women at the swimming pool. Rainbow tribe of beautiful people. Yeah. So that's that's just from a pure leisure standpoint. And I am, um, I actually really want to uh, buy you a keyboard. Mm. Uh, I feel like we have met a critical mass of people that we could become involved in the music scene here a little bit as it begins to... Open back up. Open back up. That could be very fun if, we, if there were like easy, fun performance opportunities that mm-hmm. popped up. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm hearing your dream is. Yeah. Well, the pools first and the music second. Music, music by the pools. Music by the pools. Everything by the pool. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay. Well, that's my vision. It's good enough for me. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, this was great. Yeah. I'm going to go urinate. Great. We should do that. We write, curate, and produce as VJ and Stevens, and you can subscribe to Don't Think Twice anywhere you listen to podcasts. Normally, we'd be working on a whole slate of live events in New York City and across North America, but pandemic. We're currently writing and living nomadically, pitching our scripted works for television. You can learn more about us at vjandstevens.com. That's V-I-J-A-Y and Stevens with a P-H. 
We're at VJ and Stevens on Instagram, and our assistant Susan is still learning how to tweet at memos from Susan. 